0: You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Koop. This morning we're going to talk about build up your courage. whole month will be about courage. Next week we're going to be talking about the power of courage. Then courage under fire. Then courage leaves a legacy. So stay tuned for more of those. This series comes after a series where we talked about eternity. For the month of August we talked about Eternity. And then prior to that, we're talking about breaking free from certain things. So if you've missed any of those past weeks, get online, get a podcast or whatever, and get caught up, stay, stay tracking as what, as we go through these, because God's really doing something here, I think, and we want to stay tracking with what he's been doing. Today we're talking about building up our courage. Peter Legg's a businessman here in town, if you're a businessman, you'll know his name, and he sends out a An email once a week or once a month, and there's one email that really caught my attention because it had the word courage quite often in this little email. And the the email he sent out was about regrets that people had when they die. And he quoted somebody that worked in a hospice and they had dealt a lot with people in their last moments of life when they were facing death and facing eternity. And they found that people had similar regrets. There was a pattern that ran through people in the last moments of their life. They began to regret certain things. And I'm going to give you the, the five regrets that people had. The first one was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Do you know what the word courage was in there? I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself. This was the most common regret of all, the author says. When people realize that their life is almost over and look back clearly on it, it is easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. Health brings a freedom very few realize until they no longer have it. That's the number one regret. I wish I'd had the courage to do what was really in my heart to do. One of the reasons we're doing this series on courage is that by the end of this month that your courage will be built up. Courage can be built. If you've ever heard somebody say, I gotta find some courage to do this. I've talked to guys when they're getting married and they say, Man, I gotta find the courage to ask this gal to marry me. I gotta, you know, I gotta find some courage somewhere because this really is freaking me out. I, I gotta find the courage to talk to her dad. I'm gonna do it the old fashioned way. And I gotta find some courage to talk to this guy. I gotta find courage. And, uh, or sometimes we say, I gotta take courage or I gotta build up my courage to do this. And, one of the regrets here is that I never did build the courage or take the courage or find the courage what was in my heart to do. By the end of this month, it is our prayer that whatever dream you have in your heart, the thing that you, knew, you know you need to do, that your courage would be built up to do that. That's really our prayer. That you wouldn't look back at the end of your life and say, I regret I didn't do that. Rather, it's like, no. You know what? I built my courage. I have done things that was in my heart to do. Secondly... They had a regret that, I wish I didn't work so hard. And he said, interestingly, this came from every male patient that I nursed. They missed their children's youth and their partner's companionship. Women also spoke of this regret. All of the men I nursed deeply regretted spending so much of their lives on the treadmill of work existence. By simplifying your lifestyle and making conscious choices along the way, it is possible to not need the income that you think you do. So the second regret was this. I worked too hard. I spent too much time at work. I didn't enjoy my family. I didn't enjoy those things that are really important in life. That was the second regret. The third regret was, again, this word courage pops out. I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Many people suppress their feelings in order to keep peace with others. As a result, they settle for mediocre existence. They never become who they're truly capable of becoming many develop illnesses related to bitterness and resentment they carried as a result we cannot control the reactions of others however although people may initially react when you change the way you are speaking honestly in the end it raises a relationship to a whole new and healthier level either that or releases that unhealthy relationship from your life but either way you win So the third thing was, I wish I had the courage to really express what was going on in my life. And I suppressed that. And as a result of it, bitterness and that kind of stuff got into my life. And it even affected my health. So that was a third thing they wished they had the courage to do. Then the fourth regret was, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Interestingly enough, they went on to say here that the golden friendships that I had in my life, I let them slip through my fingers as I got too involved in my work and other things. Something to be said about keeping friends in life. And the fifth regret is I wish that I had let myself be happier. This is a surprising common one. Many people do not realize until the end that happiness is a choice. They had stayed stuck in old patterns and habits... That so-called comfort of familiarity overflowed in their emotions as well as their physical lives. Fear of change had them pretending to others and to themselves that they were content and they really weren't. Happiness is a choice. God says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore you choose. And they said, end of the year, end of the years, I'm regretting that I didn't choose to be happier. Regrets in life. In order not to have regrets at the end of your life. You know what's going to take? Courage. Courage. It's a big thing. Big thing. I gave you a couple of quotes there in your notes. How do we build courage? Uh, Winston Churchill said this courage is rightly esteemed the first of human qualities because it is the quality which guarantees all others. Samuel Johnson, a great writer, he said courage is the greatest of all virtues because if you haven't courage, you may not have an opportunity to use any of the others. Courage is huge because you can have musical talent, but if you don't have the courage to get up and use it, it just sits there. You could have other talents and abilities, but if you don't have courage, none of those others get used. So this whole month, we're going to be talking about the importance of courage. I really think as Christians, we should be known for being courageous, known for being bold. The early church, they were known for that. They were known for being bold and courageous. And matter of fact, they got persecuted for it and uh, we don't have a we're not under persecution in canada some of us have come perhaps from a country where there is persecution and we know what that means to be courageous and and bold last week one of the ladies in our church she showed me a number of pictures of friends that she has in her homeland that today are in prison because they're followers of christ and she said please pray for those people peter and john one day they're going up to pray in acts chapter four you can read the story they're going to pray And along along the way, they meet this fellow, and he's lame. And so boldly and courageously, they pray for this guy. And he's healed, instantly healed. And he runs around jumping. He's so excited. I'm healed. I've been lame for years. I had no muscles in my legs, but... Through what you prayed for me, I am healed. And he's really excited, as you can imagine he would be. Peter and John proceed up to the temple. They get up on a platform, and they begin to speak. The religious leaders are really nervous about this, so they arrest them. They put them in prison. They put them in jail. And the next day, they tell them, you guys, we really don't like what you did. Now, we're going to let you go, because obviously, it was a miracle. The crowd is Crowd gets it, and so here's the deal we'll let you go, but don't you cannot, we forbid you, you cannot preach in that name. Just don't talk about the name of Jesus. Still trying to do in our world today, we can talk about God, we can talk about Lord, but when you mention Jesus, people get nervous. And back then, they were getting nervous because they were mentioning the name of Jesus. It's a great study through the book of Acts. You just study how many times the name of Jesus is used and the power that's behind that name. It's interesting. You see a lot. You don't hear of any other great religious teacher's name used in vain, but you sure hear our Lord's name taken in vain. There's something about that name. And so they get thrown in, into prison. They get challenged like this, and they go back and they meet with some other believers now, on a scale of one to 10, what they did, I would say that's like a nine and a half and a 10 for being bold and courageous. But you know, when they get back, what they're doing, they're praying for more boldness. They're praying for more courage. I mean, this is extreme boldness and courage. Paul in Ephesians, and he's done so many courageous things. I mean, he was one gutsy preacher you know what he's praying for? More boldness, more courage. Want to be bolder, want to be more courageous. There's something about courage. All of us have done something courageous in our lives. Maybe going to school was courageous. Immigrating to our country may have been a very courageous thing to do. Getting married might have been courageous. Having children is a courageous thing to do. takes courage to live life, to live your dream takes courage. So this morning I'm going to give just a few things what we can do to build our courage. Because courage really can be built. Courage can be found. What do we do to build our courage? Number one, before courage is built, there's always a cause. If you don't have a cause, you won't have courage. John F. Kennedy put it this way, Efforts and courage are not enough without purpose and direction. If you've got purpose and direction, if you have a cause, courage will come. But if you live in a life of mediocrity... And you just want to do K. Sarah Sarah along with Doris Day, whatever will be, will be. You're probably not going to need a lot of courage. But that's not the way of it. I know that I know inside of every one of us, God put a dream. He created you for that. He put a cause in your life. He put something bigger on the inside of you. And we will discover it. And when we discover it, we'll go, oh, no, it's bigger than I am. That's the way of it. God puts something inside you that's bigger than you are. You go, my goodness, how am I ever going to do this? God designs it that way on purpose because then we lean on him, we take our strength from him, and we courageously stand up and do something against all the odds. Courage is not the absence of fear. If we're waiting that we have a day where we fear nothing, we're not going to do anything. Courage, like the great theologian John Wayne once said, courage... Is in the face of fear, you saddle up anyhow. I'm going to ride on anyhow. God didn't give us a spirit of fear; He gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. When are we courageous? When we have power? When we have love? When we have clear thinking? Then we're courageous. Courageous courage can be built, and one thing you have to have is a cause. If you don't have a cause, there won't be courage. Cheryl and I, were on holidays. We went to see a movie called The Help. And it's a movie about, takes place, I think it was in the 50s, in the 60s. And it's about, the help was the help in the South that were the black ladies primary that helped in the homes. And one writer has the courage to do something about it. They were mistreated. And it's just a story of a cause and, a, and the courage that went with it. There's a great story of courage in the Bible. You'd know it from your Sunday school days of David and Goliath. Do you remember that story? David is, is a shepherd boy, a teenager. He's got three older brothers. He's actually got more than that, but he's got, there's eight brothers. But the three are in the army, and they're fighting for the Israelite army. And on their land is camping, squatting, if you like, the Philistines. 300 years ago... Joshua had driven them off the land, but now they came back. And so now they've got to get rid of them. You know, that's the way the enemy works. Your grandpa may have taken care of something, but years later, that same dumb thing will try to come back to your family. Your great-grandfather may have conquered alcohol, but he'll try to come back again and get that same family. It may have been some other thing. It may have been, uh, it may have been gambling. It might have been uh, anger. It may be uh, enabling somebody. It may be any kind of issue. But he'll just kind of come around and try to camp there and see whether or not you're going to push him off the land. He'll squat in your family. And if you don't do something, he'll just take over. You can't say, I won't do anything. You've got to stand up and say, no, you will not be in my home or my family. Get off. You have no legal right to be here, and I'm going to push you off the land. And we have got a great course coming up called Freedom Session. It starts a week Wednesday. And I highly encourage you, just for the training and the encouragement, if there's an issue in your life where this enemy say, thinks he can squat in your land, I'd take that course, get signed up for it today down there at guest services, and just say, I'm going to sign up for that course because I am not going to go through it. My dad did or my grandpa did or my aunt did or somebody else. I refuse to have this thing squatting in my life. They'll take courage to get rid of it. But there's something big on the inside of you. And you need to deal with that thing before you move on. And sometimes we live suppressed and we later on regret. Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I take, why all those years did I waste my life being harassed by this thing? Why didn't I just get some help on it and move on? It was holding me back. It was a ball and chain and God gave me everything I needed for victory. Why didn't I go get the training, the support that I needed? this is that it's a support based program where you get that out of your life once and for all i highly encourage you sign up for that don't let something squat in your life like that so this enemy is squatting there and uh, david is a shepherd boy his dad says you know what here's some bread for your brother's Take the bread out for your older brother's there. And here's some cheese for the captain. Take him a gift as well. David arrives out there. For 40 days, Goliath has been there trash-talking the Israelite army. Big guy. He's a giant. Some say he was 10 feet tall. Some say he was 13 feet tall. Either way, he had no trouble dunking the ball. Can you imagine? His dunk would be like this. He'd just kind of drop it down into the net. He's a big man, obviously, huge and here was the deal that he gave the army. He said, you know what? Let's settle it this way. You send your best man, and I'll fight him. Whoever wins that fight, they win the whole, whole deal. For 40 days, they did this. David arrives, and he gets out there. And he comes up to the soldiers, and he hears Goliath. And he looks at the guys, and he goes, what's with this? And they say, well, none of us have taken him on yet. But the king says this, that whoever goes out there and fights him, guess what? He gets to marry his daughter. His daughter's good-looking. Gets to marry his daughter. Secondly, he is going to be made rich. And thirdly, his dad won't have to pay taxes anymore. Sounds like a good deal. No GST, no PST, no HST, no tax, period. We didn't get to vote on that one. So he says, nothing. You have no taxes. So David's thinking about this, and he's talking to the soldiers about it. And Eliab, his older brother, hears it, and he comes up. and He says, David, what are you doing here? You're the delivery boy. You brought the loaves. Go home. You're a teenager. Get out of here. Go go take care of your little sheep. Leave. And David in 1 Samuel, I think it's there in your notes, chapter 17, verse 29, David says, What have I done now? Sounds like a younger brother speaking to an older brother. Okay, what have I done now? Get off my case. He says, and here's the big words. Is there not a cause? Courage will not come unless you have a cause. This shepherd boy is about to get courage because there's a cause. Isn't there a cause? I don't have these verses in your notes, but I'll read on a bit. Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. So he talks to his brother. Then he talks to the other soldiers. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? I think he's challenging every one of them. And all of them are like, yeah, there is, but I'm too chicken to do anything about it. So Saul hears about it, and he sends for David. David shows up there, and David says to Saul, verse 32, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Our hearts can fail. It's an inward thing. It wasn't a physical strength thing. It wasn't even a mental thing. There was something in the heart. Courage is of the heart. And you got to love David, bold, courageous teenager. Hey, you guys, don't worry. I'll go fight him. And the king lets him do it. We'll come back to him in a bit. I want to read first, though, a prayer from Sir Francis Drake. He was another young guy, really courageous. At the age of 22, he was a captain of his own boat, a big boat. This is in the 1500s. You can read more about his life. But here's his prayer. Listen to his prayer really closely this morning. Disturb us, O Lord, when we are too well-pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we dream too little, when we arrive safely because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, O Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, O Lord, to dare more boldly to venture on wider seas where the storms will show your mastery. Where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars." We ask you to push back the horizon of our hopes and to push us into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. This we ask in the name of our captain, who is Jesus Christ. Man, that's one bold prayer, isn't it? Disturb us, O Lord. Maybe we should pray that. Disturb us, O Lord. Disturb us when we've dreamed too small, when we become complacent with where we are. You know, I think this is a danger for people who live in Vancouver. Vancouver. We're not the number one city anymore. Did you catch that this last week? We're now number three. Melbourne and Vienna have passed us as being the number one city to live in. Actually, I think it's good news. I think it's good for us because we can get really smug where we live. We're living in this, you know, great paradise, the greatest city in the world, and we get really comfortable, and this is it. I think it's good for God to shake us. I think it's good for him to stir us up, to live life more boldly, more courageous, to have a cause. One of the things that challenges me to speak more boldly about this is when I see time wasted on things that are really go nowhere. For example, I don't think it takes a lot of courage to win a video game. I mean, it got your testosterone going, guys, but it really doesn't take you any Courage. He shot the bad guys in a video game. Big deal. Or we watched a movie. We spent hours watching movies. God's saying, I want you to live life, not just watch life. It doesn't take any courage to watch a movie or to do a video game, but it takes courage to live it. it takes courage to do it. It takes courage like Francis Drake at 22 to captain a ship. I like the guys who wrote the book, Do the Hard Things. They wrote it to teenagers. Do it. Don't just watch it. Do it. Don't watch, watch a picnic, go to a picnic. Don't just watch friends, make friends. We're so used to watching, consuming, and we have a world that gives us all this information, information, we can spend hours on our Facebook and hours on our websites and hours on our video games and hours in front of our movies. but take it in small doses. Live life in big doses. Live it, be courageous. Tell you what, God's stirring us up to do something courageous. Making a difference, changing. I don't know what he would put in your heart, but I know he'd put something in your heart that would take courage to make a difference. There's a cause. There may be a cause in your building. There might be a cause in your neighborhood, a cause in your school, a cause in your workplace, a cause in your community, a cause in our church. You say, it's going to take courage. It's bigger than me, but boy, I'm going to do it. Make the sacrifices to be there. I got to give a bingo, but I'm going to do it i got to give up something, but I'm going to do it. Please understand, I'm not anti-entertainment. I just think sometimes in our entertainment and entertainment, we lose the opportunities. We don't see the causes that are in front of us. Instead of watching somebody else conquer a cause, take it as inspiration at best. But then say, God, what have you put in my heart to do? And take the courage to do it. Secondly, courage builds when we win smaller battles. If you want to play in the masters in tennis, how many know you've got to win smaller tennis games to get to that game? Works the same way in life. We, win, we go in smaller steps. In the business world, we make a smaller deal. And we have confidence and courage to do the bigger deal. Courage is built by taking small steps to get there. Going back to the story of David, when he gets to King Saul, the king looks at him and he says, David, you know what? I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he's saying, David... Um, I got to really appreciate your courage and your guts, but honestly, you're a teenager. The Bible says he was ruddy, which means he was a good looking redheaded teenage boy. He's, you know what? I really got to admire your courage and, and you want to do this, but you know, the guy you're fighting, I mean, he's been doing this since he was a kid. You're a kid and he's been fighting. He's been killing killers since he was a kid. And, uh, it's just like, you're not really a match for this guy. David responds and he says, "Yeah, you're right. I'm going to tell you something. When the lion came and attacked the sheep, by the help of God I killed the lion. When the bear came and attacked the sheep, I killed the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine that was their way of swearing back then, this uncircumcised Philistine I'm going to take him down. His courage came because he had past victories." He killed a lion and a bear. This is Davy Crockett on steroids, okay? This guy is, I have read about people who survived a bear attack in our province. They're missing their scalp and a lot of stitches, but they survived, and that's heroic. But to kill a bear, to kill a lion, wow, that's some kind of a fighter. And he says, I did that with the help of God, and I'll do this. Where did, how was his courage built? Because he'd done other things. Some of us today, we're in a battle right now that's taking courage. And maybe you're at the point where you just feel like, "I I just feel like quitting. God's word for you today is don't quit. Don't quit fighting. You know what happens if we quit? We just have to rewrite it. It's like an exam that you just have to rewrite again. Sooner or later, you'll walk around the mountain and God brings you back to that same place and you have to write it again. So the best thing to do is just say, There are literally days you have to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and you say, I am going to do this. By the strength of God, I will conquer this and have the courage to move forward. Why? Because there's a bigger cause, there's more for me to do in life. Don't die with the regrets of these other people. Live courageously, make today count. Yeah. Courage is built winning small battles, courage is built with encouragement. I like what Billy Graham said courage is contagious. Courage is contagious. Like a bad cold that goes around. It's not a very good illustration, but you get the point. (laughs) Courage is contagious. I was talking with Landry earlier, our youth leader, and he was talking about taking the youth rafting. And uh, we were talking about level five rapids and so forth. And when you go down a level five rapids, it's extreme. You know, if you get on that boat raft and nobody's gone down level five and everybody's freaked out, Guess what? You don't want to get on the boat. You're just like mm, we're all going to die. Everybody's like, okay, I think I'll pass. But if you get a couple of people on there, yeah, we did. It's amazing. I survived it, no problem. I've done like thirty times. Come on, it's it's a lot of fun. Get on there, let's do it. And their courage, like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Okay, let's do it. And you jump with it. Courage is contagious. I think when you come to church, your courage should go up because you're around a bunch of courageous people courage the church should be known for being courageous in every area of life billy graham went on to say when a brave man takes a stand the spines of others are also are often stiffened we get strength from others paul he's on his way to rome he's going to prison he's had one challenging trip to get there he arrives in rome At the Forum on the Apian Way. That's the Roman road that led into the Forum. You can still go there today and find that same road. He gets there. And you know who's there? Some other believers. And it says in Acts 28, verse 15, when Paul saw them, he thanked God and what he took, courage. You can take courage. I can take this bulletin. I can take it. But when I take it, it becomes mine. And when you get around other people that encourage you, you know what you do? You take courage. That's why the Bible says encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We need to encourage one another. Not discourage, but encourage. Yeah, I'm just going to mess a bit. The opposite of encourage is discourage. Have you ever had somebody discourage you? Most people who discourage you, the reason they discourage you is because they don't have courage. And your courage bugs them. Always remember this. Small people pull people down. If somebody is pulling you down, every time they say they've got to make a cutting remark, cut you down, that's because they have an issue. Don't catch their disease. That's their disease. They don't know how to build somebody up. And the reason they don't is because they have a problem with their self-worth and self-esteem. And so they've got to make cutting remarks and cut you down. And sometimes they'll do to the people that are closest to them. We have to say, wait a minute. That's their issue, not my issue. I I will not allow those words to affect my courage. There are times where we have to encourage ourselves, like David in the Lord. He says, I encourage myself in the Lord. God will always encourage you. God will always believe you. God's always for you. And then get yourself around people that encourage you. And if you find people are kind of keeping their distance from you, just check up and say, Have I been encouraging or discouraging? If you're encouraging, you're very attractive. People want to be encouraged. We need to be encouraged. Cheered on. Where'd you go? How did you do? Oh, I wow, way to go. Cheering you on. The Bible says to weep with those who weep. And that's actually easier than rejoicing with those who rejoice. Yeah, way to go. You started that new business. How's it going? You know what? And sometimes we're almost afraid to admit, it's going really well. Fantastic. I encourage you, keep going. We get courage from encouraging one another. Amen. How do we build courage? Be around people that are encouraging. Paul did this. Number four, courage is a reflection of strength in the heart of a person. Courage comes from the Latin word meaning heart. It's from the heart. It's it's an inward thing. It's right deep down inside you where you get the courage. You can be in every, every way, you can be like David. He said, David's too small. He's underqualified, but he takes on the giant. Why? Big heart. Courage in the heart. That's where it is. Psalm thirty-one, twenty-four: be of good courage. He shall strengthen your what? Your heart. All of you who hope in the Lord. Ephesians six, ten: Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Where do we get our power and strength from? We sang earlier, our strength is in the Lord. I like what it says in the Message Bible, Ephesians 6.10. Here's how it says in the Message Bible, Ephesians 6.10. You're going to like this. And that about wraps it up. God is strong, and he wants you strong. There you go. Distilled, bottom line. God's strong, he wants you strong. He wants us courageous. He commands us, be strong, be courageous. Ephesians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lastly, number five, we've got to wrap it up here. Courage is built knowing the Lord is with you. That's how courage is built. We know God's with me. Yeah. Deuteronomy 31, verse 7. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and good courage. For you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. Moses is saying to Joshua, got to be strong, got to be courageous. Later on, God comes along to Joshua a number of times. You can read Joshua chapter 1. Be strong and courageous. Have a not command be strong and very courageous. Don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate Be strong and courageous. I think after a while, Joshua's saying, okay, I get it. I got to be strong and courageous. You know why Moses was so passionate about Joshua being strong and courageous? Because I think Moses was thinking about what he had to do. He had to take the children of Israel out of Egypt across the Red Sea into the desert. They were there for 40 years. Folks, it wasn't like 50 people. It wasn't like 100 people. They estimate 3.5 million people. A couple weeks ago, Cheryl and I were in the desert. We drove through the desert. I was thinking, my goodness, how does anybody survive out here? I'd have trouble surviving in the desert, just me and my wife. But three and a half million people—what do you do with that? That would take a lot of courage. Somebody worked out the stats on that. They said, in order to feed three and a half million people, the U.S. Army's Quartermaster General did the stats. He said Moses needed fifteen hundred tons of food a day. That would be two freight trains, each a mile long. They also need wood to cook the food. That'd be four thousand tons of firewood in the desert they'd also need water 11 million gallons every day that's a train of tanker cars 1800 miles long of water another thing they would need is just to cross the red sea we sometimes think it was just they cross the red sea at night and don't really think about it but that many people would be if they went double file it'd be 800 miles long take 35 days So to get across in one night, it would be three miles wide, 5,000 people abreast to cross the Red Sea. Their campground was 750 square miles. This is a big cause. And now Moses is saying, Joshua, the baton's all yours. Be strong and courageous. (laughs) I think he's like, I've had my time. I'm done with it. Have fun with that. It's all yours. Be strong and courageous. Big job, big cause. But God's saying, I command you. Boy, that sounds like an order. I think, folks, he's given us that same order today. I command you, Coastal Church, be strong, be courageous. I'm strong, be strong, be courageous. And when we discover there is a cause, there is a purpose in my life, I don't want to die with regrets. And the only way to get there is to say, Lord... I'm going to live courageously, and I want you to be the source of my strength. A couple verses just to wrap that up. I gave you Deuteronomy, Joshua, First Chronicles. David says the same thing to Solomon. But here's Jesus' words to us just before he goes in Matthew 28. And be sure of this. So it's a coastal church. You can be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Paul said, what can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Folks, you got the big guy on your side. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.